You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we want to thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. And uh, this has been one heck of a year uh, for all of us in our own shape, forms, and fashions. I know uh, it's been a traumatic year for me with the loss of family members, not from coronavirus, but just uh, age. But, you know, it's still been a traumatic year business-wise. It's been a traumatic year... You know, just across the board, it seems like there's, when you think that things are getting better, we get kicked. Well, uh, I'll be the first to admit that I'm a Christian and I believe that uh, everything has a reason and a purpose and uh, we're not the ones that can figure it out. But with that being said, we do want to take another moment of a time of silence to pray for our president, our first lady, all of those that are affected by and have coronavirus, and pray for their speedy and full recovery. And just look at the many things that we have to be proud of and happy for and We pray that our president has a full recovery, and we pray for the greatest nation in the world, the United States of America, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So with that, we're going to take a moment, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Amen. What effect will this have on the coming election? And we're going to be talking to Robert D'Agostino, professor of law, and uh, hopefully it'll have no effect on it, that, uh, you know, the president will have a speedy recovery, and while he's out, he'll be able to do, and they've said he'll be able to handle basically a full schedule. He won't be going to, on any campaign rallies or anything, but uh, with our amazing electronics today, he'll be doing uh, some of the electronic uh, pep talks and um, keeping us posted on his progress. And he's a healthy man. He's 74, but he's a healthy individual and... Uh, should come this come through this outstandingly. It'll be interesting to see if they can trace it back to uh, how he got it. But uh, he's always been brave and said that he was going to be with his supporters, and he has been. And he uh, tweeted last night that he would uh, they're self quarantining in the White House. Rough place to have it, but. Uh, that, you know, he's immediately taking the precautions and the, and the, uh, necessity of quarantine and protecting others. So again, our thoughts and our prayers go out to President Trump and our first lady, who I think is one of the best first ladies we've had in Many, 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 many first ladies. And, uh, she is so smart, so beautiful, so everything as far as I'm concerned. Uh, elegant, class, uh, 
second to none and speaks, I've forgotten whether it's six or seven or eight different languages, and all the respect in the world for our First Lady, and our prayers go out to her that and for her that she'll have a speedy and full recovery from this horrendous virus. And uh, we've talked to some of our doctors, and we hope that, uh, and we know that the president is getting the best treatment in the world. At the same token, folks, this should be a wake-up call to all of us. I know it is to me. I've taken it rather lightly, but not going to now, and we... We have uh, sprayed here at the office, and we've also um, keep our hand sterilizing close at hand. And my problem is I forget when I go into the store. I've tried to make it a, a habit of when I come out of the store to uh, use the uh, sterilizer. But, you know, folks... Once in a while, I forget, and uh, I hope that forgetting doesn't get me in trouble. But, uh, you know, wear your mask. The mask protects others from you, whether you have it or not, and uh, the people wearing the mask are courteous enough that uh, it's keeping us from getting it. So just do our part. This has been... I, I can't imagine anything, had never envisioned anything like this, never thought about it. But there's a, somewhere deep down, there's a reason for it. And uh, we may not know about it. We may not live long enough to find out what the reason was, as it was with Noah's Ark. But there's a reason. And we just have to continue our faith and our trust, and keep moving on, keep moving forward. And uh, I'm sure the president will be addressing the nation at different times and keeping us posted on his well-being and our First Lady's well-being. And, you know, one more time, we'll get through it. We're the strongest nation in the world, and we can handle anything and we'll get through this. And I pray for all of the teachers and all of those that have the potential of coming in contact. This is, uh, I guess, the worst virus that's ever happened or close. I guess the 1817. But we just need to protect ourselves and protect our loved ones and those that are around us and continue with our social distancing and continue with our our washing of our hands or using the sanitizer. And I'm not going to lecture to you. I have no right to. But we do want to say and appreciate how much our president means to us and... Uh, our First Lady, and the United States of America. And like I said at the beginning, there's always a reason. I may not know it, you may not know it, but the one that counts knows it and knows what he's doing. And, 
you know, we are vulnerable and we need to know that we're vulnerable. Uh, when I went to the store the other day and, and I suggest that you do this uh, if you want to, but I suggest it is that, uh, every time I go to the store, I pick up one more little package of survival and, uh, I feel comfortable that I wouldn't eat high on the hog by any means, but if something were to happen and we were to have another shutdown or another anything and the food chain were interrupted, I'm going to survive and uh, I'm going to survive for a number of days. And, you know, if you do it bits and pieces and buy stuff that will last for a while, whatever it might be that you that fancy you have a fancy for, um, just buy one can or one of this, one of that as you go to the store. And as long as there's been no problem, you hadn't, you don't have to hit that supply of food yet. Don't hit it. I don't hit it. I just wait and see. And if at some time or the other, the all clear whistle is blown, then we'll go from there. The one thing that uh, does concern me is the responsibility of all of this and what we're going to do with China. This was no mistake. They say it was, but many folks have predicted that something like this would happen. And, uh, you know, this goes back to, back to the fifties during the cold war. And, um, most of our quote unquote air quote enemies don't have the intestinal fortitude to take us on directly. So doing it indirectly, doing an end run is their way of taking us on. And again, this whole show basically today, even though it's the business hour, is David's pick and the fact that we are taking this opportunity to, to express our love for the United States, our veterans, our current military that are serving all over the world, and their leader, the commander-in-chief. And we pray that Donald J. Trump will have a speedy and full recovery, as well as our beautiful First Lady, that she too will have a speedy and full recovery. And, um, again, this may be, this may, there may be a good side to this, as I think there's been a good side to the kids having to stay home. My goodness, if you heard Bill Bennett today, and I said this many weeks ago, as a, or not many weeks ago, I think last week, as a matter of fact, that there is a good side to this, and the kids staying at home and Every kid getting more or less homeschooling for the last few weeks. I think a lot of parents have waked to the fact that what they're getting in public school today stinks. They're not getting the education that they should be getting. They're not getting the history that they should be getting. And maybe this has been the good side of this has been a wake up call to the parents. And I'm not throwing rocks at parents that don't participate in their kids' schools, but they can't be there every minute like they've been forced to be over the past 
few weeks, few months. The, the parents have learned what the kids are getting at school, which isn't a whole lot. When you dedicate three pages to World War II, there's something wrong. Our greatest generation, as we had on the air just yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday, with uh, Pete Mecca's show, A Veteran's Story, World War II pilots telling their story about the first bombings of Germany and their capital and what it meant at that time and what the uh, pilots and bombardiers and gunners we're into. Hold on one second, folks. We'll be right back. Let me uh, get something locked and loaded here, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Okay, and we're back on America's Web Radio and David's Pick. And um, we've got a good friend and a political, I guess, would be a good word for it. He certainly uh, expresses himself on uh, political matters every now and then on a show that uh, he calls On Point with Victor. And uh, I've even uh, gotten his name down, Armanderas. But anyway, we've got Victor on the line, and uh, Victor, when I first called you this morning, I don't know whether you had heard about it or not, but uh, what do you think of the news that came out at 1 o'clock this morning about our president and the first lady having coronavirus? Well, David, uh, I, I uh, tell you, I was actually watching the uh, news last night about that time, just doing some just getting some prep going for next week and and I saw the news come across and and at first I was I was pretty concerned because I was thinking you know when everybody hears you that uh, somebody's come down with the Wuhan virus or you know, COVID-19 uh, they think the worst because the media has been just really disingenuous with the reporting on on COVID-19 they they've got the populace so scared in fact I saw a uh, a a poll not a poll but i saw some kind of a man on the street type thing where somebody went out in the city and just started asking people questions on what they feel about covid-19 and and they asked what what is the death rate and these people of all ages were saying 30% 25% 40% well that's unheard of uh, if we were losing that many people you know this would i mean it would be way more than a pandemic and and so that's the power of the media so when i I stepped back a little bit and said, okay, let me look into this. And then you look at the tweets from uh, President Trump and everything. It, it's obvious that they, they have pe- tested positive, but there's, they're not showing any symptoms, at least not right now. So it's very possible that this is herd immunity going around. And there's probably thousands and thousands of people who would test positive, but they just don't want to go get tested because they're not having symptoms. So I, I think it's possible that you know, they're showing positivity, but they may go through the next 14 days with no symptoms and then come out of this with flying colors. And uh, I, I just think, you know, this is going to show the strength of Trump because I don't think it's going to slow him down one bit. 
uh, other than he's going to have to stay in the White House for a few days. But I don't think that's going to stop him at all. No, I agree with, uh, oh, my goodness, I agree with everything that you just said. Uh, Uh oh. Heaven forbid. (laughs) No, I I think you're right. And I think that, uh, you know, just like I was mentioning right before you called, um, you know, there's there's a good side to everything. And I don't know if you heard it this morning, but Bill Bennett, uh, former uh, secretary of education, was on. And uh, he was saying what I've been saying um, for the last few days that. The good side of this in education, and there are a lot of parents that will probably hang up on me right now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the good side of it is that this, this has given the parents an opportunity, really, I mean, <laughs> really the opportunity to find out what their kids are learning in schools. And uh, I, I'm not going to say just public schools. I'm going to say all schools. And... Um, Good or bad, but, you know, we've been preaching here at America's Web Radio about the poor quality of public schools and particularly about what kids are not being taught about history. And, um, you know, if you don't learn history, what's the line, Victor? Oh, if you don't learn history, you're deemed to repeat it. Exactly. And, so the and there's parents, never been anything more true. And I'll tell you, Bill Bennett, is is amazing. If, if anybody out there that really wants to get a, a non-biased look at some of the mess that our education system has turned into, uh, go look up and read some of the things by Bill Bennett. Uh, David, you're spot on right there. And, you know, we talk about on point with Victor quite often, uh, I will rail about government education because to me, they're not public schools, they're government schools. And government should have zero to do, federal government should have zero to do with educating our children. Well, the point is, you know, and, and, uh, this is, this is totally overlooked today, particularly, uh, and the fact that we, we know and we label our first liners as doctors or EMTs or first responders, whatever the case might be. But in many, many ways, our frontliners are, are our teachers. And I've, I've said for years that the three people that get paid the least are the most important people in the world. There are first responders, our firefighters, our police, and also our teachers. And we have cheated our kids, and and this this is why we have the problems that we have today with Antifa, whether it's an organization or not. Uh, Antifa and the kids and the millennials that have not been really taught edu- or taught history and the love for the country. I know, I grew up. In the 60s, 50s and 60s, and it was instilled, the love of the country. That's why I volunteered for the military, but it was, you know, I had a choice going into the military. I I could take the one route this way, or I could flee to Canada like one of our former presidents did. And, you know, it's... it's you, you have to be taught all of the great things... 
that we have here in the United States. And people can throw rocks at our president, but there's no one, in my opinion, on earth, and I want to put that underlined, on earth, that could have moved any faster, in my opinion, than Donald Trump has. And this has affected America's web radio in that one of the first things that he did was he wanted to be surrounded by experts in different fields. And where did he look? Our military. Our past and present military, as a matter of fact. And almost immediately when the uh, ventilators were needed here and needed there and masks were needed here and there and over there, and he called up our one of our hosts, General Dix. And General Dix threw out Desert Storm and or Desert Shield and Desert Storm was known as a logistics expert. You need a tank over here? I got you a tank and it's coming from here and it'll be there tomorrow or whatever the case might be. But General Dix, Richard Dix is a logistics expert. And from what I understand, not only knowing Richard and talking to him fairly frequently, but the president surrounded him by the biggest and the best experts there were. He moved mountains getting ventilators made. You know, when he was left with an empty cupboard because of Obama and Biden, the joke, uh, he was left with an empty cupboard to take care of things, and that's where the problem started. But President Trump came forward, and he got it done. And I just cringe at the thought of even thinking of somebody like Biden being in the in the White House and saying, well, we'll get it done tomorrow, maybe. Well, there's, there's no question about it, David. Uh, we're, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We, we as a country should be thankful every day that we had a businessman in the White House and not a politician. Uh, you can look back at H1N1 and see the failures of Obama and Biden. They were lucky because H1N1 wasn't as contagious as, or deadly as uh, COVID-19 was in the beginning. Now, COVID-19, and again, this is something you're not going to hear on the media, uh, the survival rate now is for across the board is, a, is about the same as the regular flu. It's 99-something percent. Even for over the age of 70 years old in the 80s and 90s and getting up there, the survival rate now is 96.4%. So the distance that we've come from the beginning to where we are now is nothing short of amazing, and Donald Trump deserves tons of credit. And you hit, David, on so many points. The coverage, they weren't just a little bare. They were empty. Um, we had no ventilators. We had no PPE. Uh, the Obama administration used every bit of it and then did not deem it necessary to refill it. Uh, I mean, how awful is that? And this is the story that's not told enough. But I do believe that because Donald Trump and Melania have come down with uh, testing positive for the Wuhan virus, I think it's going to bring it to the forefront. You know, I was listening this morning to uh, Biden's running mate, uh, Chris Wallace, and Chris Wallace hmm. was saying that that maybe – this is uh, this is going to bring – well, he didn't say maybe. He said this is going to bring the virus right back to the forefront. Well, you know what? He may be right in the respect that people are going to have to talk about 
how good the survival rate is. When they see President Trump come through this, when they see Melania come through this, because they're such big figures, and when we see them come through this uh, with, you know, hopefully with no issue whatsoever, on the forefront, finally, is going to be the survival rate of this virus and the fact that it is reaching numbers of the regular flu, which in all honesty, even according to the CDC, we're at the point now where COVID-19 shouldn't even be considered a pandemic now. And I know I'll get all kinds of emails for that. But according to the CDC's own requirements, the COVID-19, the Wuhan virus, really doesn't qualify for pandemic now. We're on the backside of this. And I think maybe that kind of news that the media has been trying to ignore, that will hopefully come out now. Well, you know, the media, and this is the shame of it all, an embarrassment to me to say I'm in the media. At least I'm so far down that uh, uh, everything everything looks up to me. But, uh, you know, I there are good things. And, uh, you know, this this could very well be a precursor of some sort and in handling many disasters and being prepared. And we talk about Obama and Biden leaving the cupboard bare as far as PPE and, and other needed or necessities in, in the event of, and we had the event of with the pandemic. But the other thing that we have to look at, or we don't have to look at, but we should look at, was the way Biden and Obama left the military. You know, we right. were we were sitting ducks for years. We were sitting ducks. Obama slashed budgets, as I've said on some of our veteran shows. When I went to Hawaii to see my son at his base, Air Force Base in Hawaii, and saw hundreds of our the finest jets in the world sitting on the tarmac being cannibalized because they didn't have the parts to fly, you know, fly the training that they needed. And they were cannibalizing them for this. And I say for no reason, we damn well could support and had plenty to give the Air Force and all of our military money to defend us. That's what they're there for. And to cannibal have to cannibalize planes to keep other planes flying for training is just absurd. It was sickening. I literally basically cried and cried to myself that a president would do something like that. And that's what you got from Obama and Biden. Garbage. And the fact that they thought they were being so cool, cutting the military and cutting this and cutting that... And now denying, I I about threw up the other night during the debate when that stupid Biden said, well, we left this president with the best economy ever. It was booming when we left. The hell it was. And anybody <laughs> thinks that Biden or Obama can count to 10 without using their toes and fingers is crazy. And uh, Biden, I could not... As a Christian, I can't wish him what I'd like to as just flesh and blood. Um, but we'll see yeah, how it all turns out. 
you've hit so many points again there, David. You know, one of the biggest lies from Biden the other night was the uh, he tried he actually tried to say that the Obama administration created more jobs in the last three years than than Trump has in the first three years of his presidency. And I don't even have to tell people to go to the numbers. All you have to do is not one time under the Obama-Biden administration was there 7 million unfilled jobs. Not one time were there 7 million jobs that, that was open waiting for Americans to take. Not once did that happen. That did happen under the Trump administration. In the first three years before this Wuhan virus hit, we had 7 million jobs that weren't filled. Uh, we were at a point of unemployment for blacks, for Hispanics, for Asians, for women. I mean, across the board, uh, there is no comparison to the Obama administration. You, you had eight years of an Obama-Biden administration that never grew more than 2% on the average for the year. Uh, the GDP. So an economy that doesn't expand is an economy that cannot provide enough jobs. That's all people need to know. Those are just facts. I'm not making that up. And under Trump, in the first three years, we were headed to uh, an average of 3.5 and, and over percent growth. So, uh, you know, what's coming next year with Donald Trump, with President Trump next year, is probably going to be one of the fastest growing economies on record ever. Uh, but uh, so there's that. And you're 100 percent right. I, I hope the day comes that the American people realize that every time we have a Democrat administration, whether it's card was Carter or the or Bill Clinton or the Obama administration, the military takes the brunt of their wrath. Uh, Carter defunded the military so much to the point to where. We were really, really, really in dire peril when Reagan took over. And <laughs> well, did look, same, look at, and look at the, the look, same. Victor, um, Victor, look at the Desert Classic. Why did it fail? Carter's Desert Classic. Because right. he had defunded the military so much that they couldn't even train to go into Iraq, you know? Right. It was just, right. uh, uh, you know, Iraq, Iran, and, uh, get our, and yet, as soon as Reagan was holding his hand up to take office, the Iranians decided, I don't think we want to mess with this guy. <laughs> well, for, for those of you too young to remember, that's exactly what happened. You know, Reagan campaigned on strength. He campaigned on, I'm not going to go to a, uh, an endless war, but I will defend this country and if i have to defend this country we're going to do it with the might of this country and reagan spent the first term rebuilding our military and and we are where we are today because of ronald reagan the the abilities that we had are, are strictly because of the ronald reagan administration and then you fast forward to obama biden and we reached the point where they were trying to stop military research they were stopping uh, the, the aircraft building, and you're right, David, we were at a point where we had to dismantle aircraft to keep some aircraft flying. And that was the case for our jet fighters, that was the case for our helicopters. Uh, we were, we were cannibalizing ourselves to stay in the air. And, and, and we reached a point under the Obama administration where ammunitions were becoming an issue. Because Obama didn't want to make the, the, uh, Hellfire missile. He didn't want to keep making uh, the J, well, I believe they're called the J-Dam. You know, he, 
I mean, it's just it's terrible that a Democrat party who is sworn by the Constitution, their number one duty is to defend the United States, the sovereignty and the people of this country. And they feel it necessary that, oh, we're just going to defund the very service, the very item that defends this country. It's amazing to me, but thank God we have President Trump who has spent his first three and a half years rebuilding our military. No question about it. And uh, that's why we're doing this this special show. And it's all, you know, yes, we all pray that the president will have a fast and speedy recovery from COVID-19 and the first lady who has been totally stomped on by the media and I, they, all media should be ashamed of the way they've treated the most elegant and most, I think, the smartest first lady we've had in decades. I can't address some of them back 200 years ago, but I can certainly address what our first lady today, she, she is the epitome of class, in my opinion. And, um, we pray that they will both get through it very quickly and that, you know, I pray for the staff too. We, we sometimes overlook the, the folks that support the president and surround the president. And it was good news today to hear that, uh, uh, Pompeo, he's, he's, uh, clear and, uh, Munchens or Munchens, uh, he's, he hasn't, he's proved negative and, uh, the vice president has, been tested and proven negative so you know right it's it's uh the president you know i I, the one place that i i look at trump and and john f kennedy and i was i'm never been a democrat i've always been a republican and yet i did respect kennedy and one of the reasons that I respected him, and a lot of people will disagree with this, but Kennedy surrounded himself, unfortunately, with intellects, but still smart people. And in many cases, they took the intellect route as opposed to taking the practical route. But on the other hand, I will compare him to Donald Trump in that Trump, because I know some of the folks that surround Trump and they're good people. They're very, they're brilliant people. And Trump surrounds himself. And in spite of what a lot of people have said, i.e. the media, that, oh, well, Trump doesn't listen to anybody. You know, Trump's going to do whatever Trump wants to do. Well, yeah. And in many cases, there's a reason for this, is that he doesn't want his staff or anybody else to get blamed for something, even though it might what he's presenting might be their idea. And um, yeah. Trump does, you know, he does listen, and he probably listens more than many presidents have and uh, continues yeah. to ask advice. Yeah. And I respect There's no the doubt about that. You know, one of the biggest differences between President Trump, who is a CEO, and politicians is that a CEO like Trump will surround himself with voices from all sides, of all intellects, of all experiences. And then he takes that information and processes it, and then he goes with his instinct because the person in charge is the CEO. And President Trump is the president. He's the leader of the executive branch. And the politicians can't stand it 
that there's a guy there that will actually make a decision on the information before him, and he will go with his instinct. A politician, whether it be Bush or Clinton or Obama, they stick their finger in the air and they see which way the wind's blowing before every decision they make because a politician will always look at an issue and say, what's the political outcome? What political decision do I make? And a businessman like President Trump never does that. He looks at a problem and goes, here's the problem. We need a solution. How do we get to it? Do it. That's the difference. And that's why why we are where we are now. Couldn't agree with you more. And uh, as we have taken this time to uh, honor our president and our first lady, uh, once again, the folks that are listening, just take a moment. It's That's all it takes. Whether you're, it doesn't matter what religion you are. If you have someone or you have a deity that, that uh, you pray to, well, just, just say a short prayer. It all counts. It all adds up. And uh, pray for our president and first lady and all victims of this terrible virus that started in China. And also pray for the United States. I have no doubt, and I'm sure Victor will agree with this, I have no doubt that the United States will come out stronger than ever and we will be more prepared than ever for anything that might be thrown at us. But right now, we we have a lot of problems. And uh, a lot of folks that uh, won't even recognize some of the problems that we have. And yet, we're going to have to face the facts. We're going to have to get over the coronavirus. We're going to have to get back to law and order. And... Get back to being what the Constitution says we're supposed to be. And uh, I don't know about other folks. I know Victor feels the same way. But I support and believe the Constitution is the second most in- important document ever written in the, in the world, period. And uh, we have to get back to living by our Constitution. Without a doubt, there has been no greater document. But one of the things that makes our country so great is we're, we are the only country that has a document that limits government and, and protects the freedom and liberties of people. You know, we have an unalienable right, and that means the government does not have the power to restrict, even in a pandemic, uh, to restrict on the level that they're trying to restrict freedom and liberties. It's, it's, it's crazy what... Uh, but David, you're right. We, we've got a constitution and we need to uphold it. And, you know, I, again, look at President Trump that he's the right man at the right time. And I think he will have the shield and the protection to get through the COVID-19 and continue to be our shield and our protection and give us the ability to live by our Constitution. Uh, and like I said at the beginning, I'm a believer, and I believe that there's always a reason for something. There are no, as, as my good friend Colonel Rick White says, there are no coincidences. And I believe that. I believe it through and through, that there's no right. coincidences. There's, there's a reason for this. 
And like I said about education, there's a reason it's time for parents to realize what their kids are being taught. There's a reason for being out of supplies that, yes, it hurt, but because of Trump, we were able to gear up and get it taken care of. But I guarantee you Trump won't leave the cabinet bare when he leaves office. He won't leave the military bare when he leaves office. And there's always a reason, and there's always someone, because we are one nation under God. And I believe that a thousand percent, and I believe that uh, whatever the reason for this pandemic was or is, that we'll come out better than we were before. We've always done that because we're the United States of America. Well, there's no question. We're an exceptional nation, and we're an exceptional nation for a reason. And I'll tell you one thing that's going to come out of all this, David. I believe that President Trump has shown that government can get out of the way and let the private sector come up with a vaccine in record time. You know, they call it the this vaccine plan. They call it war, Operation Warp Speed. Well, there's a reason that it's called warp speed. And all President Trump did was say, government red tape and regulation, get out of the way. We have a emergency and we're going to let our private sector do what the private sector does best, solve a problem. And that's where we are now. We're, we're about to have a vaccine in less than a year. That is truly, truly remarkable. And all, and that pathway has been paved by President Trump. So one thing that will definitely come out of his his legacy uh, of his presidency will be the fact that he's showing that Washington can move if you get the politicians out of the way. And this is uh, also true, and, and I agree with you, uh, Victor, but this is also true as what we've seen with cutting the regulations in corporations that uh, the regulations in the petroleum industry, the regulations in so many industries that were just, they were there for no good reason, and it didn't make sense. And we've got less air pollution today than we've ever had. And, you know, it goes back to uh, the folks in Pennsylvania, in my opinion, should stay on their knees thanking President Trump for saving their state. And, uh, man, you're beating that, that keyboard to death. <laughs> you can hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if I can talk that. I'm trying to multitask. I you believe know, it. we here at America's Radio, <laughs> we can multitask. <laughs> man, my, uh, my headphones are better than I thought they were. <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, again, I say there is a reason and, um, if nothing else, this has got to what Trump has done and what the United, and, it, and it's not just Trump. Trump just happened to know which phone to pick up and who to call. But it's right. been the America ingenuity. It's like when we, when we turn car manufacturers into airplane manufacturers during World War II. And, uh, Trump knew which buttons to push to get this done and that done. And we should all be very thankful to him that uh, he has done it, and we are doing it. And it's and you know, and I give him platitudes for for being our president and knowing how to do it. But 
then again, I turn around and say, it's the American. It's the American spirit. It's the American corporations and their spirit, our leadership. They're the ones that have done it. And I think President Trump would be the first to say, hey, I just got the, the train to moving and everybody else kept putting the coal to it and, and we've gotten, got her done. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, I think that that's what makes America great. And I just, you know, you know how I feel about Antifa and our, some of our young folks and all today, but it's, it's just, I cry for them that they can't see what a wonderful country that they live in and how fortunate they should count their blessings every day for being born and living in the United States. And if this doesn't, hadn't shown them, then, well, in fact, my feeling is in many cases they are hopeless and helpless. And uh, they will, right. I don't know if they'll there, ever realize. There, There's no question, absolutely. You know, the one thing that I like to remind people of is this country, the United States, is great because of her people, not because of the government. And Democrats will always try and convince you that America, the United States that we love, they will try and convince you that it's great because of government. No, we it's quite the opposite. The United States is great because our founding fathers had the brilliance to restrict government. They knew government was a necessary evil, so they restricted it and gave power to the people. This country's great because we the people, and we need to never forget that. But unfortunately, David, that's not taught today. <laughs> Hardly. Uh, the government should take, up a, take care of us from womb to tomb. Well, they, <laughs> exactly. they'd, they'd screw up the shovel, you know. <laughs> and uh, we yeah. we can't let them have the shovel, as a matter of fact. And this nope. is the scary thing about uh, this election, that so many people don't understand, and they're not, the, the other portion of that is what parents have learned. They're not being taught what Roger B. and Brett and, and uh, some of us older folks were taught from from almost the time we entered elementary school and certainly through high school and then into college. But socialism, friends, is one step away from communism. And I, I would doubt that many folks that are listening and, and many folks that are out there, certainly not the Antifas and those folks, even have a clue what communism is, even though they said they were taught by the Marxists. And for uh, any group to come out and say something like that, when I was growing up, they would have almost been taken and put up against the wall at that point. Uh, mm. Communism is bad. And if you think things are bad now, wait until if we ever really do get true socialism, which will be one step away. If you want true socialism and communism, Pack your bag right now and go to Venezuela and find out how wonderful it is. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's terrible. And they have, 
one goal in mind, and that's to take over your life. They want to well, tell you when to drive, where to go to work, mm-hmm. what to do. No churches, no religion. Mm-hmm. You will do oh, what the communist that, government says. That is without without question, David. Under communism, just look to China. Uh, there can be no religion other than the religion of government. Uh, government must be number one, and that's how communism and socialism, and, and you're absolutely right, and there's plenty of examples outside the United States. So if there are people who hate this country so much, Antifa, BLM, pack your bags and move out. Just as if you were living in a house or an apartment or living with some roommates, and you hated living with them, you couldn't get along with them, so you moved out and found another place, well, move out of the United States for a while. Go live in that utopia that you seek. Because I can tell you, David, I, I, wouldn't, give, I wouldn't give these Antifa types and these, most of these Democrats and these young college kids who think that communism and socialism is great, I bet they wouldn't last 30 days in a communist country. Uh, they they just they have no idea and it's and you're right David it's because they're not educated on the true facts of communism and socialism. Well, it's it's uh, a shame and it's really a shame that my generation is at fault for not teaching like we were taught, and um, mm-hmm. we've let we've let government decide what kind of history books we have. We've let government be infiltrated we've let schools be infiltrated by socialist and now communist and uh you know i and and if you go back literally if you go back to the first days of america's web radio i was preaching exactly the same thing and that was because i was taught this when i was in junior high school in the seventh eighth and ninth grade and um what was taught then is coming to pass today. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a crying shame. And I, I look at my kids and what they'll be facing with their kids. And there, there is just, and people don't understand this. And I, there is just nothing good about socialism and it's it's like you get you know it's like the utopian you mentioned a second ago why i mean utopian is is a great idea in my opinion okay victor i'm i'm personally going to take care of all the money in our utopian society while you clean up all the all the dogs that leave behind (laughs) and you make sure our our grass is clean and and you pick mm-hmm. up, you shovel up everything else, and you know who's going to do their job? I'm going to do my job, and and that doggone Victor, he just, I just stepped in a puddle, and he's not <laughs> doing his job, and that's you know, that I mean, David, you're 100 percent right, and if people, if if, and this is another project for listeners if they want to do this, go and research. The beginnings, the very beginnings of this country. Go research when the pilgrims arrived. Go, go research the real story of Thanksgiving, what led up to Thanksgiving. But when the pilgrims arrived, they tried socialism. If you go read the diary of William Bradford, they tried socialism first. They, they, the pilgrims arrived, they divvied up the land, they, they all said, we're all going to work. And real quick, William Bradford figured out that 
a small portion of the people were actually working. And, and every day, the ones who wouldn't work became larger and larger. And then the non-working class demanded equal of the working class, and yeah, he realized yeah. it didn't work, and does, that's does what it, led that sound, the pilgrims does that in sound the very familiar beginning today? to say, okay, this isn't going to work, and then that's where the, the freedom of the market, freedom of market, the actual liberty and freedom was born, and a lot of people don't know that because we aren't taught that in schools any longer. Does that sound like somebody today preaching that uh, you're a billionaire, you should pay more taxes and... Uh, in fact, let's just cut out the tax thing. Just send me a couple of checks direct every month. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. you've made the money. Just send uh, it, it to me. You know, it, you can look back to the Obama administration when he said, you didn't build that. You, you, you didn't build that. Somebody else did. You, you know, the mentality of the Democrat Party is we want shared misery. We want a political elitist class that would be them. And then we, the people, are all down at the bottom, sharing the misery and trying to work and 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 just be happy with what the government divvies out. And and I tell you, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, that is the worst road we could go on. Uh, and that is not how this country was built. And I, for one, will never ever uh, stop fighting for the freedom and liberty of this country. Well, uh, you know, if people want to. Look at how great communism is. Go stand in a bread line waiting to just get a loaf of bread to feed your family, much less food. And the communists in uh, Russia, Moscow, they've all, you know, Moscow's gone through it as a, and that's the capital of Russia. And, uh, when it was the USSR, many of the countries under the umbrella of the USSR, you'd, would see pictures of, women going at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning to get in line to buy a loaf of bread from the government. Guess who owned Mm -hmm. those grocery stores? The government. And, uh, you know, they couldn't perform, they couldn't provide, and they still aren't providing anything like what we have in the United States by freedom, by free enterprise. So, you know, don't you wish for a government to take care of you from womb to tomb, but uh, be careful of what you wish for. You might not like it before <laughs> you get it. to the tomb. Be you careful know? what you wish for, because yep. you might just get it. Well, with that being said, we're about uh, oh, about three minutes away. Uh, any last words other than we are we're all and across the country, <laughs> well, no matter what you believe in. Uh, we need Donald Trump and our first lady. And uh, yeah, absolutely, David. You know, I, I, again, thank thank you for letting me be on today. And and I would just say this to all the listeners: uh, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever you are, uh, don't be defined by a politician. Don't let a politician define define your mood. Uh, if you're giving the politician the power to make you angry, then you've lost. So just. Be strong, stay strong, and remember the United States is the greatest place on the planet. Absolutely. And uh, we want to thank Victor Armanderas for coming <laughs> on, on on the last minute. And um, we're going to have um, Deiru on and invite everybody to meditate. And uh, I'm sure that uh, in the meditation, 
we'll be able to, uh, again, address the situation with our president and first lady. And following uh, Deiru will be Robert D'Agostino, professor of law, and um, he'll be talking again more of the impacts or potential impacts of our president having coronavirus or COVID-19 and actually I don't want that to sound premature nothing's happened and we all pray that uh, Donald Trump will get over it rapidly and uh, be back out on the campaign trail in just a few days and that you know Maybe this was just a slap in the face to wake us all up that we need to be more careful. But um, whatever the case, we uh, we pray for uh, for our president, and uh, we've got Deiru that's just uh, come into the office, and uh, we'll be talking to him in a minute and uh, meditating with him in a minute. And uh, we we appreciate it, Victor. Thanks for coming on and. Uh, Absolutely. We will, My uh, pleasure. We will be talking to you soon, I'm sure. And uh, thank you again. Next Tuesday. Yes, sir. <laughs> Take care. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're listening to America's Web Radio, and we're about three minutes out from uh, meditating with our Kung Fu master, Deiru. And uh, we look forward to that and hope you've enjoyed our uh, show today and uh it was uh sort of off the cuff because of uh the news that we found about the president and the first lady and uh i'm sure deru and i'll talk a little bit about that and uh, the uh potential power of meditation in in the president's case and how folks can use it to heal and uh we uh we appreciate you being with us and We'll be back with our meditation hour with Kung Fu Master Deiru. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.